people can be really clear in different prompts what they're looking for, or if they're a little bit more shy about being upfront about what their intentions are, they can do so or share it via our questions. People are becoming more vocal, they're becoming more vulnerable, they're becoming more confident and feeling more comfortable with sharing exactly what you know they are looking for at this moment. This is episode number 525 with Michael Kay. We're going to be talking about the latest dating trends from the head of PR at OKCupid. Hi, everybody. I'm Sandy Weiner, and welcome back to Last First Date Radio, where we believe it is never too late to go on your last first date. And to support you on your journey to lasting love, I have a book for you. It is called Becoming a Woman of Value, How to Thrive in Life and Love. And this is actually not just for women. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> it, it's also not just for single people. It's it, There are really life skills that will help you with your core confidence and really help you improve your ability to show up, stand up, and speak up in your life, which really will help you to find the love and create the love that you want. So you can find it now for, uh, on Amazon for Kindle or paperback. And this week's tip from the book is step number 26, learn how to delegate. I'm not so good at this, but I know that this is the secret to being able to be great at something that you do well and not worry about the things that you don't do so well and that take up a lot of your time. I think a lot of times we think that we have to do it all. We have to take on every aspect of everything and when we delegate to people who do things really well that we don't like, we free ourselves up to do what's in our zone of genius. And whether that's at work or in a relationship, whether it's hiring help so somebody cleans your house or hiring administrative help so that you are focusing more on the things you do really, really well and people pay you the big bucks for delegate. So my challenge to you this week is to take one thing off your list and delegate it out. One thing I do delegate is my web work. I am not going to become a web expert. So when I have anything that has to do with something going wrong with my website, something I need fixed, anything that is web related, I have this amazing guy who I've been working with for many, many years, and he is so invaluable to me. And so find, find yourself somebody like that, who you can trust, who you can have them do the thing that you don't want to do. And before I bring Michael on, I just want to invite you to join my Facebook group. It's called Your Last First Date. And we are a group for women over 40 who are looking to grow on their journey to lasting love. This is a place of support, not a place to come and complain and talk about how horrible everybody else is and not take responsibility for what you're creating. So if you're really interested in self-growth and interested in learning about yourself and about the people you date, come and join us there at Your Last First Date. And now for my guest, Michael Kay. He is the head of PR at OkCupid, and he has become a leading voice on dating and relationships. He does many other things, as he's just told me before we started, and we're going to find out a little bit more about that, but he teaches at NYU, New York University in New York City, and he volunteers with the Human Rights Campaign. Welcome to the show, Michael. Thank you so much for having me. It's so exciting to 
be a listener and now be chatting with you. It's kind of a surreal moment. Oh, thank you. Thank you for being a listener. We have a lot of guests and I go, have you ever heard the show? I've had, um, I've had people from different firms refer guests to me and they're like, I have this great guest for you. They're going to talk about taxes. And I'm like, have you ever listened to my show? <laughs> we don't specialize in taxes here, but we do specialize in dating. And OkCupid is, is, a, is a very popular site. So I was very excited to have you here. And before we get into the nitty gritty of OkCupid and what it's like to be the head of PR and all the stuff that you do, tell us a little bit about how you came to this job and to all the other exciting things that you do now. Yeah, absolutely. So when I was in high school, my parents always told me, you are going to wind up in communications or marketing. So naturally, I tried to fit myself into every single other industry so <laughs> that I could prove them wrong. And 15 years later, I am proving them right. I have been working in PR since I graduated college, and I've worked on pretty much every type of client you can imagine from toys to migraine medication to body wash and baking soda and in early 2019 probably the spring of 2019 i got a message from someone at okcupid who asked if i'd be interested in having a conversation about a role that was opening up here and i took that conversation and over three years later now, I have remained really happy at this company. I've got to grow this brand in all different markets around the world, from Australia to Germany to Israel to the United Kingdom. And it's so interesting to see how dating changes across borders. What people are interested in is very different in different cultures and different societies. So it's a really fun place to work. And I would say, you know, we've had a, a rough couple of years um, in the world with everything going on, but to be at a place that is finding love for millions of people around the world, it's been really heartwarming. Um, and I'm just really lucky to be here. Hmm. Well, as you're describing some of the other areas that you worked in, I was thinking about how they all tie into dating. <laughs> I'm thinking about toys, body wash. Um, <laughs> they all could be connected in some way. But you're right. I think especially during the pandemic when people felt so isolated and really couldn't see each other. We had social distancing and people were afraid to date and, and are we putting a mask on or off and how are, you know, are we on the same page? Dating online became a way of connecting in, in, in ways that I think people hadn't thought about before. And um, so, yeah, I tell us some of the changes that you you've seen since the pandemic, because I know the pandemic itself brought some changes or some things that maybe you saw during the pandemic that have stayed. Yeah, absolutely. So for, for anyone who's unfamiliar with our platform, I'm about to share some data, some percentages, and I just want to give you a quick background on where that actually comes from. Um, so unlike many of the other dating apps out there, and we know that there are quite a few, OkCupid is really the only one that matches you on what matters to you. And we do that through in-app questions. So we have questions about everything related to 
dating and relationships and sex and the type of, type of dates you want to go on. But we also have questions about the issues that are top of mind for daters. Um, and we'll dive into that a little bit later. But you know, what, there's quite a few trends that we're seeing right now, and we've seen emerge over the pandemic. Um, one of which is that, you know, communication continues to be uh, on the top of people's list for what they're looking for in a partner. You know, when we ask via our questions, 65% um, of our data said they actually continue to, con they actually consider themselves really great at clear verbal communication, either all the time or 31% who say they're really good at it some of the times. And what's interesting is that people who said that they are actually really good at clear verbal communication are actually receiving 40% more conversations on our app than those who aren't. And they're also receiving more likes. So, you know, we've, we've heard about all these lists that people have, tall, dark, and handsome, whatever it is. But what we're seeing right now is that if you're a good communicator, you're going to have success on OkCupid or any of the dating apps that, you know, you're on. And when you think about it, it really makes sense. That's all we had to do for a majority of the time the past couple of years. Um, people were only able to message people or have phone calls or FaceTime. Um, and if you're not really strong at communication, that was something that was kind of hurting you in your dating life, either if you were doing it virtually or if you were doing it in person. Yeah, I mean, and I think a lot of people do think they're great communicators and they're not really. I, I don't know if you've seen that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, talk to your friends, talk to, you know, your coworkers, ask them what you could be doing better. Um, that's something I always recommend people doing because we don't always have the best view on ourselves. Um, so I always think it's good to ask for feedback. Yeah, we do it in the workplace. Why wouldn't we do it when it comes to, you know, our romantic lives as well? So true. I mean, that's one of the reasons that people hire me is they get to get my feedback and they don't really see these things that I can see, just like a therapist would see how somebody is showing up and how they're communicating and how they experience their dates. And we do debriefs after every date so we can reflect on what's working, what's not working from the very first date, rather than going, well, something felt off, but then I shoved it under the rug and, and you know, it's not really that important, but it was important to you. And when it comes to communication, somebody in my group had recently posted that they were, they were talking about communication. It was a post about communication. And she said, I'm dating somebody and he's not a great communicator. He barely ever texts. I think he's emotionally unavailable. And, uh, but I, you know, she hadn't said anything to him about what she needed, which is what I asked her. And she said, no, I didn't really know how to bring it up. So if, if you're what, a great communicator, you better be a great communicator. <laughs> Absolutely. You have to bring it up. When my boyfriend and I started dating and we met online in 2014 and, you know, we're still together over eight years later, but mm -hmm. when we first started dating, there were times where I needed him to text more and I brought it up to him and, you know, he, he thought, oh, 
I didn't even realize I was doing that. I just get caught up in my day at work. And now that I know that that's something that's important to you, I am more mindful to text you back more quickly or give you a heads up if I'm, you know, jumping into meetings and vice versa. I am someone who, if something is bothering me, I need a moment to figure out why it's bothering me and how I want to react to it. I looked at my parents growing up and their relationship and, you know, they've been married almost 50, 60 years at this point. Um, and they're, you know, still going strong. Um, but I used to see my dad get really mad and then he'd be over it. But my mom would be upset because she didn't have a chance to react and get over it. And I'm mindful of that. So if something's bothering me, I don't want to say something that, I'm going to regret later on because I'm angry in the moment. Um, but on the flip side, my boyfriend took that as, oh, you don't want to talk about the things that are bothering you. But now we've met in the middle where he knows, you know, I, I might need to go to the other room for 10 minutes or an hour and calm down and figure out how I want to communicate. So I think it's, you know, it's not only knowing how you best communicate, but being open and honest about different communication styles and figuring out what works best for each of you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I love the way that you work that out because most people like this woman, she had already written this person off. I mean, it was like, oh, he obviously emotionally unavailable. Well, how do you know that? You know, if you're not asking for what you want and seeing how they respond to that, that's really the key. And most of us don't know how to ask. We are so afraid of asking. We think it's it's being needy or we're being too vulnerable. And if they if they really cared about, about us, they would just know, which is not something that happens because people are terrible at mind reading. And but the fact that you also looked at your parents' relationship, you can appreciate what is good and you can also learn for what you want to do differently. And Processing your emotions and being able to say, I need a, I need a minute. I need an hour. I need to go. I mean, I used to even say this to my kids. I need to go into my room and take a break. So I don't say something I'll regret, but then I want to come back and continue the conversation. So that's the key is a lot of people just take that break and they stonewall and push the other person away. So you gave a time frame. You said, I need about an hour, but I am going to come back. And that's, a lot of people are missing that. So good job there. <laughs> yeah, Your parents. I get an A plus for this assignment. You do, you do. And I think it's good for people to hear that this modeled because I think a lot of people just never learned. I certainly didn't learn. That's why I do the work I do today. And I, so I can learn it and then teach it because it is so missing in our, in our dating world and our relationships knowing how to identify what's going on for you and then to talk about it. So both of you feel that your needs are met and you're being heard and seen. Yeah, absolutely. I think we just need to understand that we are all different and we're not going to have the same reactions. We're not going to have, um, we're not going to handle situations in the same way, but just respecting and understanding where each person is coming from has been really helpful and it's helped us overcome several hurdles over the years. Yeah, that's a long relationship. So that's that's awesome. So we're talking about the pandemic and some of the changes being that people want good communicators. 
I know that that it helped people clarify a lot of things. And was there anything else that you saw in the data about things that changed during the pandemic? Yeah, absolutely. One of the biggest trends that we've seen over the years, it definitely spiked over the pandemic, but I will say that it began a little bit early on is that politics really isn't a taboo topic anymore. So unlike my parents' generations, uh, politics isn't something that we don't talk about. You know, almost 10 million people on OkCupid said that they actually like to discuss politics with their romantic partner. And this could not be more different than my parents growing up. They would never talk about politics on a date. My dad is a lifelong Republican. My mom is a lifelong Democrat. They probably don't see eye to eye on any political views or issues. And that was fine for them. But, you know, we're seeing a big change from older generations. And we're seeing a lot of Gen Xers, millennials, especially Gen Z, um, really leading the charge with this trend. You know, more than half of daters on OkCupid actually prefer that their date shares the same exact political view as them. Um, and more than 2 million Gen Z and millennial daters specifically said they could never date someone whose political views are opposite as theirs. So, you know, whereas our parents or our grandparents would never talk about this on a date, this is actually something that people are discussing before they're even agreeing to meet up with someone in person. Interesting. I and mean, it certainly came, certainly came out during the Trump administration. Um, and one of the things that I, I encouraged my clients to do is to see what's underneath the political belief. Because again, if we paint everybody with one brush, we don't really see people, we just see Republican, Democrat. During the Trump administration, there were values that were connected to Trump that may not have gelled with a lot of people who were Democrats. But then there were people who voted for Trump who didn't really support him anymore or who supported his business ethics or his business uh, support, but not other parts of him. And so it's it, with all of this stuff, I mean, I, I speak to people every day who form conclusions about people without getting curious. So I highly recommend that people do that. I absolutely love what you just said. Um, and it could not be more true. I, I think we mentioned this earlier that I'm a volunteer with the Human Rights Campaign. And I also just mentioned that my dad is a lifelong Republican. And some people will ask me, oh, how did he handle you coming out? And he handled it like he would have handled any update about my life. He was fine. He absolutely loves my boyfriend. He loves the volunteer work I do with the HRC and always encourages me to do as much as I can with that organization. So to your point, it's really important to peel open the onion and find out what these different layers are of people. And we might have more in common with them than we would have guessed. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So there's some new dating trends that have been popular in 2022. I've heard about sober dating and uh, there's a couple of new terms like hardballing. 
Uh, can you talk about some of these new trends? And some of them are actually not so new. They just have different names, but they always come up with some new trend. So what, what are you seeing? Yeah, well, I feel like sober dating is something we tend to see year over year, especially in the beginning of the year when people are just getting over the holidays and they want a little bit more of a life, a healthier lifestyle, um, especially in January, definitely in those early months. One thing we're seeing over the summer is that people, either because they're choosing to be sober or because they're just interested in doing something other than grabbing a drink with someone they met online, they're more open and interested in healthier date ideas. So people are going on hikes more. They're going on walks in the park. Um, we've actually seen that this summer, a majority, like 87% of 5 million of our daters said they really enjoy exercising right now. That's how they're relaxing. That's how they're, you know, getting over their stress and daters who do enjoy breaking a sweat are actually receiving 26% more matches and 8% more likes uh, over the spring and summer of this year. So that's one of the biggest trends we're seeing recently is that, you know, while people are still open to grabbing a cup of coffee or they are open to grabbing a drink after work, they're really open to these more adventurous, active types of dates. So if you are, even if you're in a big, in a big city like New York City or LA, um, if there's a place where you can go for a walk or a hike that you want to do, or even rock climbing, something a little bit more active, that is really attractive for people on dating apps. Yeah, and it has an added advantage of increasing adrenaline and getting you out of that face-to-face -face interview style date, which happens with coffee and drinks. And it gets boring. I mean, I'll tell you that one of my favorite dates ever has been a museum date. It's when you can go through an exhibit and you can talk about the exhibit and learn a lot about a person through how they see art and what it evokes in them, even just hearing about their imagination and what they see in a painting or in an artifact. And, you know, maybe it reminds them of something from childhood and you can learn about them through that. And so it's, it's a much more creative, expansive way to get to know somebody. The problem with hiking that I have is if it's a total stranger and you've just met, you don't really want to be on a on a hiking trail all by yourselves because it's not safe yet. So I just want to put that caveat out there that it's a great date idea, but make sure you stay safe. Absolutely. And that's sort of what I love about this idea of a walk in the park. So I live in Manhattan. I'm often going for a run or a jog or walk in Central Park. If I were to be going on a first date, I think that's a great first date idea for multiple reasons. You don't have to worry about the pressure of getting so dressed up for a first date, if you know, you're allowed to be a little bit more comfortable, a little bit more casual, and you might not jive with someone instantly on a date. And if you're not both feeling any chemistry or interest, a walk in the park, you have an easy exit. You can, you know, say goodbye pretty easily, pretty quickly, and go your separate ways. So it's overall, whether you're enjoying the data or not, it's just so much less pressure. Let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. 
This episode is brought to you by Amazon Music Unlimited. You can listen to over 70 million songs and thousands of playlists and stations. Plus, you can now stream your favorite podcasts like Last First Date Radio. You can listen to any song, anytime, anywhere, on any of your devices, your smartphone, your tablet, your PC or Mac, Fire TV, and any Alexa-enabled devices like the Amazon Echo. Get Amazon Music Unlimited for free for 30 days. Just head on over to getamazonmusic.com forward slash last first date to learn more and claim this offer. I remember when I first started dating after my divorce and people would ask me on these dates that were going to be like 10 hours long. One guy wanted to rent a yacht and and have a meal on me. I was like, I don't think so. How about we meet for coffee? We hang out together for an hour. And then I had another one who invited me to the opera to box seats at the opera, which meant driving from Connecticut to New York City with a stranger, then sitting in a box seat, sitting through an opera, I'm not a big opera fan, and then the way back. And it's the whole thing was just not going to happen. And as it turned out, we had our first date in a local restaurant. He was late, did not apologize. He was a doctor. He was on call. He had a leave in the middle. I mean, it was it was so awful on so many levels. And man, am I so happy that I followed my instinct and didn't go to the opera with him. So I, I would encourage people not to be afraid to say no to a date that's not going to work for them, but to also encourage these kinds of out-of-the-box dates, because those are those are much better ways to really connect, create a connection. Yeah, absolutely. And if, you know, don't be shy either about recommending something that you are interested in. So, you know, sometimes people get nervous when they're coming up with a date idea and they might just be saying something they think you want to hear. But if you're like in the back of your head, you're thinking, God, I really hope they ask if we want to go on a bike ride or a whatever it is, like just come out and say it. Yep. No mind reading. I talked before also about uh, the term hardballing or dating. I mean, they have all these words for it, but I think the pandemic has encourage people to be more clear about what they want and speak about it early on. So I'm wondering what you see on OkCupid in that regard. Yeah, well, people are being really straightforward, as you said. And I think that's part of OkCupid's design um, when it comes to the product. It makes it really easy for people to share what they're interested in. We definitely have more robust profiles than any other dating app. So people can be really clear in different prompts, what they're looking for, or if they're a little bit more shy about being upfront about what their intentions are, they can do so or share it via our questions. Um, So yeah, people are becoming more vocal. They're becoming more vulnerable. They're becoming more confident. Um, and feeling more comfortable with sharing exactly what, you know, they are looking for at this moment. Um, and, and talking about, I know I just mentioned confidence. Confidence is really sexy on a dating app. And, you know, it's important to remember there's a difference between confidence and cockiness, but we're seeing that daters who are looking for a match, um, 
they're looking for someone who sees their self-worth, um, their self-worth, and not someone who's constantly doubting themselves. Um, more than nine in 10 people on our platform actually shared that they, as of this year, have average or higher than average self-confidence. So be, you know, you're on a platform where you're looking for love. Be your best self. Love yourself. Um, RuPaul always says, if you can't love yourself, how are you going to love somebody else? And I think it's so true. I agree. Yeah, people don't really understand what that means all the time. Like, what is self-love? But I think the way I see it, and I just heard a great podcast about this on the Dateable podcast. They had Rob Mack, who just wrote a book called Loving from the Inside Out, something like that. I might have not gotten the, the title exactly right, but he talks about love as being much more expansive than the way we see it. And it's sort of our connection to the world. And when you can be loving just for the sake of being loving, for instance, you open doors for people who are strangers, you stop your car and let people cross the street, you you do nice things for people without expecting something in return, You're, you have a loving relationship with a pet, you are, have loving relationships with friends, with other people, you're much more likely to just be that kind of light and love out in the world. And I think a lot of people just carry this weight and bitterness from the past and they project all kinds of things out into their dates. And if we could get to that place of just that loving kindness to ourselves and others, we'd be in a much better place. That, you know, that, that really ties to a tip that I always give people when, um, they're getting on a dating app. If you're not in the mindset to be dating, don't date because it's not going to yield any positive results. You really need to bring positive energy into everything from what you're writing on your profile to how you're talking to people. Um, but if you're not in the mindset that you want to be dating right now, that you want to be swiping left and right, that you know you want to be going on dates, it's just not going to work. And it's okay to take a break from dating. It's important to take breaks. I think that I agree with you 100%. I think people come into the dating app and they're like, oh, God, I hate this, or I'm exhausted, and oh, this guy is ugly, this person is horrible. You know, it's just like, and then you're, you're spewing things and your messages, you don't even realize what you're carrying with you, or showing up on a date in that mood where you think you're hiding it, but people can feel your energy. So you don't win prizes for showing up when you're in a bad place or, or going on the app when you're not in, in the right headspace. Because if you do take that break, you're going to come back energized and refreshed and with a new attitude and a positive mindset. So yeah, really, really important to follow that advice. Let's let's uh, pivot a little bit here, and we're coming up to cuffing season. Um, talk a little bit about what it is and when it begins, and why people need to know about this. Yeah, so we see cuffing season happen, you know, every single year. It's sort of that moment towards the end of summer where people are kind of tired of dating around and they are thinking ahead of all the holidays that are coming up, the colder weather, 
Um, and they want to have someone special for the winter holidays, especially for New Year's Eve. Um, and for us, I've actually been talking about that, this internally with some of our data experts, and they are predicting that Sunday, November 6th, is going to be the really big official kickoff to cuffing season because we are expecting to see the biggest spikes happening in matches between Halloween and Thanksgiving um, with roughly 25% jumps in matches at the highest point. And, you know, November 6th is sort of that lead up moment to cuffing season this year. Um, but that's really what coughing season is. It's, you know, people just don't want to be alone for those colder months, whereas summer we're seeing, we see the exact opposite where people are really interested in dating around and going on different dates and sort of being single and being free and, you know, being their best self. So that's why this is the moment where we always encourage single people to make sure your dating profile is in absolute tip top shape because we're, we're entering the, Super Bowl moment of dating season. And that's probably the only sports analogy you'll ever be able to get out of me. <laughs> um, yeah, there are all these, these seasons when there is a spike and it is important to update your profile to make sure you're, you're out there dating when there are going to be a lot of people there who are going to be looking for someone like you. So let's let's go into the dating app profile and, and some ways to make sure that the profile is in its best shape. And you talked a little before about being your best self and showing confidence. Do you have any other tips to help people maximize their profiles? Yeah, I always have four main tips. One is don't lean on yourself alone. Ask your friends for help. So think about it. We're always asking our friends about a caption on Instagram, what photo we should post to our feed. We ask our coworkers for help on our LinkedIn profile or resume. So why wouldn't you be asking for help when creating your dating app profile? And oftentimes your friends will tell you things about yourself that you would never think of. They are the ones who see you when you're quirky and funny and goofy. And those are all characteristics that people are looking for. So my first tip is always to don't get too nervous or feel too much pressure to do all of this by yourself. Ask someone for help. And it doesn't have to be a friend. It could be a sibling or, or another family member. Just talk to someone else about it. And they'll likely give you really good insights. Um, the second, and I alluded to this a little earlier, what, but be positive with everything you're writing in your profile prompts. Um, the biggest turnoff is seeing someone constantly saying swipe left if. So I understand that we all have things that we dislike, but instead I recommend people focus on your deal makers instead of your deal breakers. So what makes you swipe right on someone? Why do you want someone to swipe right on you? That's really what you should be shining a light on instead of all the things you don't want someone to be. Um, and it just leaves a bad taste in your mouth if you're, you know, going to a profile and someone's like, know this, know that, don't do this, I don't like that. It's just a little bit too negative. Um, another one is use different kinds of photos. So upload a photo of you at a Taylor Swift concert or a photo of you on your last vacation or a selfie on a run. 
this really helps show people what you're interested in, what you do for fun. And it also serves as an icebreaker for people who come across your profile. You know, people are so nervous about that first message. They have no idea what to say. And hey, hi, hello, just doesn't really cut it. But if they're looking at your photos and they're able to say, oh, what's your favorite Taylor Swift album? Or what country do you want to visit next? That shows that, you know, your photos provide them an easy entry into what that first message could be. And on the flip side, by responding in a way to someone's photos, it just shows them that you're paying close attention to what they're putting out there. Um, and then the last tip I give people is just really think about your checklist. You know, we all have that checklist of who our ideal partner is. And I think it's great to know what you're looking for, but I also think being too specific can be really detrimental to your dating life. So I always recommend breaking your checklist into must-haves. So those items that you just really can't live without in a person. And the second category can be your negotiables. So what's your must-haves and what's your nice-to-haves? You know, I love Harry Potter and Taylor Swift but I don't need my boyfriend to be as big of a fan as me. I am Jewish, he is Catholic. We work because we, we're both aligned on what our must-haves are. We both want to live in New York. We both want to have two children. We both want to travel. So think about you know what you absolutely need in a partner and what's just an added bonus. Those are all great tips. I think that the last part people get really tripped up. I always ask people what their must-haves are and they're often really nice to haves. They're, they're also based on fears or what they don't want. And so one thing I, I always kind of bumped up against when I first started doing this work is that person has to have a graduate degree or you know something like that because what they were really saying is I want somebody who I, who's intelligent. Now you can be really intelligent and never have graduated college. There are plenty of brilliant people out there who are that way. And then there are plenty of graduates who are PhDs and MDs and all kinds of letters after their name who are not emotionally intelligent, who are not the smartest people in the room. And so once we get out of that, it has to look like this, but we get into the values that are important, like you said, those are the things that we absolutely must have. We have to have somebody who's aligned in our life goals and our lifestyle has to be aligned too. Like people who live in New York, if you were with somebody who could never move to the city and that was really important to you and that's where your work was, how are you going to negotiate that? Well, maybe you do six months here and six months there and that works for you, but maybe it doesn't. And so those are the things that we have to really look at and get super granular around those things. Yeah, absolutely. And then there's all these, you know, little insider tips that we give to our daters. And actually on OkCupid, we've released a dashboard um, that we call iCupid. And that'll help you create the best possible dating profile that you can have. So it's this entire dashboard that's grounded in data, and there's little checklists that we give people of all these little things you can do on your profile to just optimize your dating platform. It's like 
filling in your profile details, adding more photos, expanding your about me section to at least 50 words and answering more questions on our app. So um, there are those little tips and tricks um, that we provide people. And one insider tip that I'll share that I find really interesting is that every couple of months, we recommend you add a new photo or change some photos because what's gonna happen is the algorithm is gonna get confused. And because you're adding new photos, it's gonna think you're a new user. So it's gonna start showing you to more and more people again. So don't create a dating profile and then leave it alone for a year, two years or more. Um, keep updating it. I mean, you update your LinkedIn all the time. We're always updating our Instagrams or our Facebook. So you have to treat your dating profile the same way. Great tip. I, I had somebody reach out to me the other day and asked me, she had heard from another dating expert that you, when you go back to whatever dating site you're on, if you have been off for a while, that you have to create an entire new profile. <laughs> and I said, no. Um, but if you make a few tweaks and you change pictures and you add maybe even a few words to your profile and change a few things, you will be seen more. You'll be found in searches differently. Uh, so that's a, a really good tip. And I think people just kind of, you can see that they haven't touched their profile because they're still saying their age is five years ago or their pictures haven't changed at all. And you just keep seeing the same thing over and over again. It's like, oh. Okay. Or they still have a screen name instead of their real name, which <laughs> it's like a real dead giveaway because most of the dating apps now require you to use your first name. Or one of my favorites is they'll talk about a brand new show that they're currently binging. And the show is like three, four years old at that point. And I'm like, right. oh, you have yeah. it profile. <laughs> Mad Men. I just just <laughs> just started watching this incredible show, Curb Your Enthusiasm. It just came out last week. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a good giveaway. Um, okay, so this is such incredible information, Michael, and really helpful and based on data. So it's scientific. It's not just stuff pulled out of a hat, which I love. My final question is something I ask all my guests, which is what is your best advice for somebody who wants to go on their last first date? I could say any of the like, have an open mind, be positive, um, but I'm sure that's been shared before. Um, but I'll bridge it back to a, com a complaint that I hear from daters all the time. And it's, um, I'm having all these conversations online but I don't know how to get to the first date. And I don't know how to move that conversation off the app. So I always ask them, have you even made the effort instead of waiting? Um, we're seeing that among our daters, 30% of them actually wanna move the conversation off the app ASAP. And 53% want to agree, uh, want to move it off the app the second they agree on plan. So I would say, recommend something to do, you know, have a quick line ready. My go-to line on my dating app when I was still dating was, oh, this app is killing my battery. Here's my number. Um, we can schedule a date there. And um, people thought it was fun. It clearly worked. So I would say move the conversation off. If you're feeling any sort of interest, move it off the app as quick as possible. And when you're on that date, get to know them as best you can and, and be patient and don't 
start counting everything that might be going wrong. I mean, definitely pay attention to any red flags, um, but think about everything that's going right. I love that. Great line. This app is killing my battery. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the one thing I could think of. <laughs> <laughs> and there are so many clever ways that people can get off the app. I think, you know, it is a big complaint. You know, this person is a pen pal and I'm not looking. Don't be a pen pal. Like they'll put that in their profile. I'm not looking for this. I'm not looking for that. And again, it's like if you were to take responsibility for your dating life and how you want to communicate, do it from the beginning. If you don't want to stay texting and you find that texting is a horrible way to connect, that's something that I have said, you know, I, it's like my least favorite way to get to know somebody. So, you know, how about we get on a call and continue the conversation there? And not everybody wants to get on a call and there's nothing wrong with just moving right to meeting. Uh, but it's, and also most of these apps and sites provide you with a platform so that you can have a video chat and you can have a phone call without even exchanging numbers. So they've made it really easy. You don't have to, you don't have to stress about what if somebody Googles me and whatever, you know, it's, it's all about taking risks and just getting to know people. Another thing I tell people is a profile is not a person. You have to get to know people in person. So these are all great, great tips, Michael. I really appreciate having you on the show and getting to know you. You have so much great advice, so much positive, really helpful ways for people to find love and to go on dates. Uh, tell people how they can find you. So you can find me at Michael KPR, as in public relations, on Instagram and Twitter. And if you have any questions about dating profiles or dating apps, feel free to DM me. And if you choose to create an OkCupid profile after this or you're already on it, please DM me and I'm more than happy to upgrade you to our premium version on me. So definitely reach out. Ooh, that's a nice little bonus, Michael. Thank you. Yeah, of course. All right. And tell everybody where you heard Michael, that you heard him here at Last First Date Radio and get your upgrade. I love that. You're going to be inundated by people DMing you. I uh, welcome it. Good. <laughs> uh, thanks, everybody, for listening today. And uh, if you love our show, please rate and review us. It really, really helps our show get continued uh, great guests like Michael. And uh, as always, here's to your last first date. If you are ready to get unstuck, gain new tools, become more empowered, and finally find your last first date, I'd love to talk to you. Fill out an application to be considered for a complimentary half-hour love breakthrough session at lastfirstdate.com forward slash application. That's lastfirstdate.com forward slash application. I look forward to talking to you soon.